Welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Anna Munro, a senior vice president with Morgan Stanley. Anna is a champion of women's leadership and empowerment. Following her passion, she has earned a seat on the board of directors at Women Enabled Enterprises and is a founding member at Chief. She earned her BS in finance and MBA with a concentration in finance from Florida Gulf Coast University. She is a certified financial planner professional. Anna completed level 1 of CFA program in 2019 and in 2023 Anna received the distinguished five star wealth manager award. Hey Anna, welcome to Woman to Woman podcast. So excited to have you with us here today. Thank you, Divya. I'm excited as well. Thanks for having me. So for our listeners, if you can briefly tell us, you know, what do you do today and um how you got here? Sure. Um so Divya, as you know, I my title, my uh occupation is I'm a senior VP with Morgan Stanley, but I'm also a certified financial planner, um a portfolio manager as well, um you know, and a wealth planner here with Morgan Stanley. But what I really do is is I'm a connector of people and I'm curious. I listen to individuals goals and aspirations. I try to be their trusted advisor and I put myself in my team in a position where I get to participate uh in an individual or family wealth creation alongside them and then I sort of become part of their sounding board um for the for a better trajectory as it relates to their financial and family goals. Um so I like I said I'm high touch very hands on like to be involved with the families and people that I that I get to interact with in my career. So at high school level is that what you wanted to do or did you kind of diverge at some point into the financial world? Well, I always knew I was a numbers person because I've taken on some of the financial responsibilities. My mom moved to the US when I was 13 and I was sort of in charge of my younger brother and the household finances and a lot of the day-to-day things that you really don't get to do until you're much older, you know, at 13 teen year teenager you're interested in other things so i've become a numbers person at that point so i guess that does between then and high school i already knew i wanted to do something related to that was analytical and numbers related and clearly you've done great because i know in our previous conversation you had mentioned you had like 100 dollars when you got here and that's not where you are today so that's awesome congratulations on that thank you yes it's been a journey and i've i've been um very blessed to be able to apply everything that i've learned from education and work experience into my own family and certainly um you know really change change mine and my family's future so it's been wonderful so along the way clearly you might have had some role models some mentors some sponsors can you talk a little bit about that yeah sure um boy i can think of many um i think i think the answer about who they are and how to find mentors or allies in in my career i really it's really about finding them organic and so i I think there's no real recipe or secret and it's just about I kept my eyes and ears open at all times and I put myself out there too right in a very authentic way um in order to find that someone special who has a truly a vested interest in in my success so I would say if I had to cite someone for you today I'd mention my current partner because before he was my partner he was also my latest you know ally or sponsor and here's how he came about it's a it's a nice little story 
I had worked with him jointly over the past couple of years with certain clients and their families. And that's how I got to know him. And I was able to witness firsthand his work ethics, his team dynamics, his leadership style, all of those things uh, that you really don't get to know until you get to experience that day to day. And after we worked together on a couple of projects, I realized that's probably someone I could trust. And I started going out of my way to ask his advice and his opinion on a lot of different things that were going on in, in, in my life, particularly my professional you know, life. And so doing that, I gained validation that what I was doing was, was in his opinion, the right direction. But oftentimes I also gained his perspective as well to consider. Um, and over time, I increased our communication intentionally and our interactions intentionally as well. And, and here's why I stress, right, that to find the right ally or the right sponsor, you really want that relationship to develop organically. And you do need to be vulnerable in order to really cultivate the right, the right relationship. So not that long ago, I had a very difficult, I don't know if I told you, Divya, but I had a very difficult work-related situation that I had to deal with. And it was the type of situation where I couldn't foresee or I couldn't control. It's out of my control. It's incredibly uncomfortable and difficult. And instead of keeping it all in, I decided to be vulnerable and seek his support and help. And I also discussed the situation with my husband and my, exec- my executive coach at the time. Uh, but my partner, he's my partner now, but then he was sort of kind of like my sponsor, my ally. He was instrumental, I would say, in me having a very successful outcome out of the situation. We've had various conversations. He's given me the time because time, at least in my business, as in many others, is your most valuable asset. And he showed me that he believed in me and actually went out of his way on my benefit multiple times. And so it was one of the situations where you knew you were capable of it, of, of, of going out of it successfully, but it's, it was nice to see somebody else validate you and support you. Um, and it all started with that conversation, right? That position of vulnerability. So that's my little story. <laughs> no, thank you for that. Because a lot of times we hesitate. We're like, we don't want to be perceived as weak. And for some reason, we look at the two as, you know, the same size of the coin. They're not actually, that's not a sign of weakness to be vulnerable and actually put yourself out there. So that's a great story. And it, it takes that. time to learn that. Um, because yeah, initially you, 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 you don't know, right? If you put yourself in a vulnerable position, you don't know what could happen, what kind of message you would receive. But if you have the courage to put yourself out there, I think wonderful things come back your way too. Yeah, no, absolutely. So were there instances, um, and you mentioned one of the situations, but were there instances where you felt you were not really being heard? And what is it that you did to overcome that? Well, when it comes to being heard, you know, it's funny, you, you asked that question, but as you know, I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. So I feel completely ignored multiple times a day, but I know that's not what you're going with your question. I figured I that that can some other people can relate to that. Um, but I'll bring up a situation that I've had to deal with over the past couple of years too, with one of my longtime associates here at work. Um, and so a couple of years ago, I decided to go through a very rigorous restructuring process with my press. And so to give you a little bit of context, I'm just the type of person who believes that I'm a big fan of change, right? Especially when we put ourselves in a situation where we get too comfortable because I, I want to continuously improve and I feel like change is one way that we can go about that, right? Always improving, always learning. And so this process was about really going through every, evaluating every aspect of how we ran our practice for myself and my team. And it included things like client service, day-to-day operations, portfolio management, client communication, everything. Um, and as a consequence of that, as you can imagine, there was lots of feedback that was received uh, by 
all members of the team and to all members of the team. And I feel like, again, I'm really a big fan of change in, in certain, in certain air, um, um, contexts. And one of the reasons why is because I, I, my personality said, I feel like I tend to adopt, adapt and move on fairly quickly compared to others. Cause I know change, you know, in my experience, I've seen where some people struggle with change, especially if you've done the same things over a long period of time, right? You kind of get stuck to your routine um, and change can be scary, right? Um, and so I'm not downplaying that. Uh, but going back to, to the process that I went through with my evaluation, um, I had an issue with communication and being heard by my associate. And it got to the point where as I would talk to her and have discussions about the new processes and systems we, we were, we were going to put in place, and I would get her buy-in during the conversation. But then I felt like nothing changed, nothing ever got done on her end. And from her perspective, she felt like I was not listening to her or being considerate to the way she works and her experience as a professional. So we got to the point where we're both frustrated with each other. Um, so I've told you before, I'm an analytical person. So I look for research, right? What if I just keep doing things the same? That's the definition of insanity, right? So can I research and try to do better? So I address the situation um, with, with my coach that I, I lean on on her on a lot of things. And we discussed communication styles. And I uncovered during, um, during that phase that my associate and I are on completely different spectrums when it comes to how we like to communicate. So you have on the one on one hand, you have me right direct to the point, I value minimal small talk sometimes when I, you know, I'm task oriented, I want to make sure things get done efficiently. And here's my associate who really values small talk, right? She likes to have an emotional connection before getting to business, right? So as I kind of step back and looked at the big picture about what was happening, and why we weren't working as well together, it was really clear, right? Um, my associate was viewing my directness as I stopped caring about her as a professional, right? Um, so that wasn't the case at all. Uh, she she kind of thought that the changes that I was implementing meant that I was no longer happy with her performance. So we took a conversation around that and kind of showing face to face, here's how I like to communicate. Um, and in the end, I think that brought it all together. I think we've, we've since then, since we kind of had a discussion and we both did coaching about communication, things have been amazing. Took some time, invested in a few meetings with her, but it worked out in the end. That's that's a great way of handling that. Absolutely. Um, we as women kind of sometimes, you know, get into certain mindsets, certain paths, certain type of behaviors that don't serve us very well in the long term and sometimes even in the short term. So have you in your um, experience ever seen such qualities? What are those qualities that we should stay away from? And what are some of those things that we should work towards to gain more from everything we are eventually? Yeah, so that's um, that's a lot with that question. So I think the first thing that comes to mind as far as gaining more space, more voice, right? And more, um, you know, just growing professionally. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is is being, maybe being assertive. I think that's a quality that I would, I would mention. Um, I was just at a group coaching session where one of the executive women there discussed a problem that she had at work that was she was being interrupted a lot during her executive meetings and she felt like she was really being dismissed and on another side of this spectrum I've also heard um, on that same call somebody else saying that they they were being criticized for being too aggressive too intense or too loud with when really they were just being assertive right that you know you, you could probably for a little bit of bias in there but it's a fine line I think uh, but at the end of the day assertive is what I strive to be is what I would advise women to strive to be where you know you're, you're taking a position you know you 
you should know, right, that you belong on that seat, on that table, and that's that. Um, and I think that's one one of those that I always try to have a voice, right, be assertive in whatever environment that I'm in. That's one quality um, or one area that I would say. Um, another one is related to resilience. And I think in my opinion, what resilience means is turning a crisis into an opportunity. And let's face it, as women, you are the same way as I am, we're pulled in all sorts of different directions. But there's one thing that we can control amidst all of the chaos is our behavior and our reaction to things. And that's one that I have to tell myself, like I should be looking in the mirror right now, even though I'm looking at you, um, because, you know, we, we, we can all improve when it comes to that, right? Our behavior and our reactions, a constant bat- battle. Um, but in all of my experience that I've spoken to clients, folks in my community, my network, whether it's digital or in person, not once I've heard a story where, you know, a woman's career, the achievements were handed to them, right? Uh, it's, it's, you've endured, it's usually like this, you've endured multiple obstacles, you've shown resilience, uh, and then you ended up enjoying much more success in the end. And so if we can have that combination of resilience and authenticity, I think we can climb mountains professionally speaking and, and, and personally speaking too. So that was two, you've asked for three. So I will talk a little bit more about something that I'm, I'm actually currently working on myself as well. And it's about flexibility. Um, it flexibilities with our flexibility with ourselves, right? Internally. Um, so I read this article in Fortune that really resonated with me. And the title was, um, or is, because you can find this article on, on Fortune, Stop Asking Women How We Manage Work-Life Balance. Most of us don't. So it's really catchy, right? So you, you've got to read it. So really my interpretation of, of the article is that um, as women, right, we, we often get caught up in trying to be the best at everything. We want to be the best mother, the best daughter, the best sister, the best wife, the best at work, uh, the healthiest, most philanthropic. I mean, I, I, all of the above. And we end up getting to the point where we're stressed or even ill sometimes. And I think we, we need to be more gracious, right? And flexible with ourselves. And, you know, I'm the type of person too, I want to be all of the above. Uh, but in the article, I'm going to quote this because I'm, I'm looking at it in front of me. The author in this article says, personally, I'm embracing the imbalance and friction. Our whole idea of balance is unrealistic and no individual day or moment will ever truly be balanced. Some days I'll lean too heavily to work. Other days I'll focus on my kid. And that right there, just say it, it you know, flexibility here. We, we can't do all those things and be all of the above all at once. It's all about a trade-off, right? The trade-off, whatever that means to make ourselves feel happy, right? The lesson is some areas we're just going to be good enough. And that's just the best that we can do for now. Okay. So well said, and I will definitely check out that article. That sounds like a really good read. Yes. <laughs> gonna go read it next. So on a lighter note, do you enjoy cooking. Talk to us a little bit about that. I do. Um, cooking for me is really therapy is how I see it. It's, uh, I don't know, there's something about cooking being something that I have maybe full control over, right? What ingredients I put in, I choose the dishes. And then when I'm juggling everything that I am day in and day out, work, board work, family, two young boys, right? This gives me, this is something that I can just decompress. And I'm also a foodie. So I love what I can make and challenge myself 
myself, right, to, to be creative too. Because I opened the pantry, I opened the fridge, I don't have time to go grocery shopping and look at all the aisles and take my time and look at all the ingredients. So oftentimes there is a level of creativity that I get to express through cooking because I'm trying to figure out what can I put together to make a delicious meal because I get grumpy if I don't have a, a nice dinner at the end of the day. I have finished day with a nice dinner. Um, so I'm always thoughtful about that. But I always challenge myself too to make something wonderful out of what I already have on hand. So I don't know. It's just something that for me, it works whenever I'm stressed or worried. Uh, cooking always uplifts me in, some, in many ways, right? That's good. You're playing Iron Chef every day at home. <laughs> well, you know, let's not, probably not quite, um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Some days, you know, it's just decent meals, but some days I, I, I impress myself with how well I got to put things together to make something. Bonus if my husband likes it, my kids like it, and I like it. Because we typically don't like all, you know, the same thing all at once. <laughs> That's right. So Anna, are there certain skills that you would recommend young women to acquire that will really make them successful, no matter what profession they choose, what kind of career they go for? Yeah, so I, um, we do have, you know, it's funny you ask that because we do have interns uh, often during the summers um, here in the office. So I get to interact with a lot of young women starting their careers. Now they're looking for a career in finance, but nonetheless, I think the, the my best advice is to um, to be comfortable in public. Um, I, I, I think in, in, in we have to put ourselves out there in a lot of different roles, particularly, you know, in, 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 in the, the role that I mean, right, in wealth management. And it really helped if you can be flexible enough to relate to crowds with of different backgrounds. But it starts with, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put, say public speaking, but just being comfortable being in, in various crowds, right, in talking to people, because you don't necessarily have to do a whole lot of public speaking in front of 300 people if you don't want to. But you, you want to, that's a skill that you want to, you want to walk in a room and talk to a person and somehow make them feel like you're truly interested and have a vested interest in what their story, their background, what they have to say. And I have a, I have a friend who does that beautifully. She has a personality that you walk into a room and she says something to you and you feel like there's no one else. Like she, you are all that matters to her. And so I always strive to be that. And that's the advice that I give to young women as well. Um, try to be comfortable putting yourself out there. Cause a lot of times when we're starting out, I feel like women think, Hey, I don't belong here, or maybe I'm not good enough. Or, um, you know, what if I say something that I don't, you know, they ask me a question, I don't know the answer to. Uh, so it goes hand in hand with those are small things that you can do to help build your confidence. Um, and, and one of the things that I would suggest along those lines is if that's an interest, maybe even take on on the side as a side, an acting class or something like that, that way you get more comfort expressing yourself. Um, I think that that would be helpful in, in certain professions in many professional uh, professions really do. And especially um, there was something that I was given specifically and advice myself to, um, to practice, um, how do you call it? In, impromptu. Improv. Right? Yeah. right? Improv. Yes. Improv. Yes. Thank you, Divya. Improv <laughs> is a, a, apparently another set of, I was having lunch with, with one, a, a board president of a nonprofit here in town. And I mean, she's a woman of the arts, but I thought that was brilliant because her background, she she also worked in Wall Street, um, you know, in the 70s, 80s, so the, which was a whole novel world, not the world that I work in, but I thought that was so valuable. And she's 100% right because that you want to practice those skills in, you know, for communication 
communication, to be able to be relatable to people for public speaking, and just how to present yourself, right? Market yourself as a professional. I think that's really important in today's world. Yeah, no, excellent advice. Thank you for that. This this has been such a great conversation, Anna. Any advice or closing comments for our listeners who aspire to be leaders like you? Yeah. So on though on that note, I I think to be a leader, right, regardless of gender, here is part of that is having an informed opinion. And so in my role, extremely critical. It's not, I'm not talking about being right or wrong. I'm talking about earning someone's respect, even if they disagree with you, because you've done, you've shown them that you've done your research and therefore you can be trusted. Um, And so along those lines, what I think is critical here is to be informed about the other side, right? In whatever issue or, you know, whatever topic it is that you're dealing with here. So at a minimum, you should know, I think it's important to know the reasons why there is another side, right? Uh, Not to change your opinion or to persuade you in a different way, but if anything, to validate your point even more, right? I'm the type of person that I trust the expert, but I also want to know what other experts are saying, even if I don't agree with their opinion. And so in today's world where things are so complex, volatile, and interconnected, I think a lot of times the things that we read or listen to do just as a good a job at, at misinforming as the, as they do at informing. And so my advice is to be to be a leader. You must be informed by reading from multiple sources, including sources that you feel goes against your your um, opinion, right, or your side, as I as I've been saying. And again, it will strengthen you and it will validate you in front of a crowd. And I think that's really important. Um, and it's it's part of being authentic too. I think it's part of being you you want you want your authenticity to reflect the best version of you. And no one else is. And I think part of that is to really understand all viewpoints and, and you know, try to reduce bias that way. Thank you so much. This was great advice and uh, great discussion. So thank you so much, Anna, for your time today. Thank you, Divya. Thanks for having me.